afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. And welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we worry about our health, don't we? And we worry about the care we might receive if we were to actually need health care. In fact, today the FDA is in the process of deciding whether or not they will take Avandia, a drug for diabetics thought to cause heart attacks and strokes, off the market. On the Today Show this morning, we also learned about racketeers selling bogus drugs to people who are looking for a discount on their medications with frightening implications. And then there's the raucous health care debate that about which one decision has already been made for better and more globalized health care for American citizens, but there's more debate yet to come. We all know that we ultimately die, but our health is sacred to us as, as we are living. And so when we hear about spontaneous or miraculous healings, we tend to do one of two things. Either we chalk it up to the super world of the miraculous, or we just say, well, it's just one of those things about the body. Well, perhaps there's more to it than either of these two black and white polarities. And today, and for the second time, one of the world's most renowned leaders in medical intuition is here with us to talk about this very issue Caroline Mace is a five-time New York Times best-selling author and international renowned speaker in the fields of human consciousness, spirituality, mysticism, health, energy medicine, and the science of medical intuition. After beginning her career as a journalist, she co-founded a publishing company and simultaneously began her career as a medical intuitive, working with Dr. Norman Sheely. Over the years, she honed her skills to the point that by knowing only the patient's name and age, she could profile the physical, psychological, emotional, and family history. Based on her extensive research, she developed the field of energy anatomy, a science that correlates specific emotional, psychological, physical, and spiritual stress patterns with disease. She is seen as a leading pioneer in medical intuition, and as a result of her work in opening this field, more than 10,000 practitioners are now active in the field. Her latest book, Defy Gravity, Healing Beyond the Bounds of Reason, is the topic of our discussion today. Welcome, Caroline, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you. Thank you, and it's good to be back here. Oh, yes, and we're just going to have a little talk about this whole thing about miracles. You know, one of the things I think we might need to put to rest right off is the cause of illness. There are so many people out there right now who've come to believe in this age of the law of attraction that illness is the result of either bad karma, negative thinking, or because we need to learn some specific lesson. What are your thoughts about that? Well, first of all, I think that one of the erroneous um, approaches that we have to anything, but certainly to illness, is that there's one reason for anything happening. I think that's, that's how science has taught us to view something. It's very microscopic. You know, that there's one reason for something, and uh, it's a, a result of reductionism, uh, but there's never one reason for anything. And, and, you know, I know as, you, as, as someone who's done medical intuitive readings for years, someone will say, give me the one reason why this has happened. There's never one. And that makes it quite um, uh, complicated for people to, to get wrapped around the, the, the greater truth that you are not the product of one Reason. In fact, we have to take the word reason out of the lexicon, the whole model of thought. You are a product of cycles. You're a product of, of how many choices. So the whole approach is one of how many choices, 
how many attitudes, how many things have you eaten, how many um, experiences have you had that have made you the person you are today. If you just think about that and then look at um, what has made you ill as a product of all of that, illness is the end result of all of that. That's number one. Number two is we have a model that is so simplistic that says if something isn't, if, if something is painful, then it's wrong. Then, then something's gone wrong. So we have this pleasure pain model that is very juvenile. It's very childish. And so that model needs to be investigated because it's fundamentally erroneous. So that's not a a functioning model because sometimes, and also that all illness is is bad when in fact uh, sometimes an illness is the most transforming thing, thus it's, here's a word we have to introduce, necessary. It's essential. It becomes part of a person's fundamental life experience. So the fact that we always bring the word um, that something wrong has happened here, that presumes a very interesting state of mind that says, this shouldn't have happened to me, meaning why shouldn't it happen to you? It means it should happen to someone else, but not me. Which then, if you peel back the layer of that, that thinking, it says the person holds a fundamental doctrine inside of them that says, I'm entitled to a life without illness. I'm entitled to a life of no pain, no illness, and no disruptions that cause that ordinary people should have. Because I'm not ordinary. I'm extraordinary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so you see, the whole, the whole mythologies of how we've created our approach to healing and health is really built upon the mythology of being an extraordinary person versus being an ordinary person. Very well, said. Very well said. Which is why people don't heal, because it, there's no there's no fact in it. There's no there's no reality to it. They're crushed by the burden of finding ordinariness, of discovering ordinariness, of discovering that their body in fact ages. And and one of the one of the most eye opening things for me was uh, in working with people is when you tell them, for example. When you introduce some of the tools that have come to us because in these last 50 years through energy medicine, and et cetera, this idea of the body-mind-spirit template that has never, ever been used because people have retreated into the mind, thinking that the mind is the way through illness, when in fact it's the mind that's ill in the first place. But we'll leave that for a sidebar discussion. But then they turn to the mind and think, I'm going to visualize. Well, what exactly are you visualizing? Exactly what are you visualizing? Which, Which is a really rich question to ask anybody. Exactly what are you visualizing? Well, I'm visualizing myself healthy. Are you? And then what are you spending the rest of the day visualizing, if I might ask? But in their image of what they are as healthy, I assure you they are completely wrong about their image. It's completely mistaken because nobody, nobody has an accurate image of themselves. 
they all imagine themselves 30 years younger than they are. So the image that they are imagining of what it is to be a fully healthy self is they are all 30 pounds less than that they really weigh. They are all, it's their fantasy self that they're imaging. They never, ever, ever visualize themselves as a 50-year-old woman with cancer who is now going to be a 50-year-old woman who doesn't have cancer. They, in fact, go back to being a 30-year-old woman who's young and healthy and beautiful and able to, to reel in a lover. They are never realistic about what they're visualizing. That's a very good point. Very good point. So when we're visualizing, what we're doing is using our heads to draw our fantasies. Because they're so used to the visualization as being a tool of fantasy. Visualization is, an, is, a, is a very rigorous skill that's very directed toward cancer, not imagining a fantasy. It's very directed toward leukemia. It's very directed toward a specific course of events, which is the challenge of taking on a monster that's taken hold of you or a challenge that's taken hold of you inside of yourself that if you recognize what you're doing, you are waking up a sleeping giant in you that holds a lot of illusion that you have to unearth. Why did this happen? Here's another thing that's completely erroneous. We base the whole of our healing journey on what is wrong with others and what those people have done to us instead of what's wrong with us and what have we done to them. What is wrong with others has nothing to do with why we've become sick. I don't care how wrong your mother was or how bad your dad was. The problem with why you've become ill is what's wrong with you. What's wrong with you and what you've done to others and how you are someone who takes what has happened to you and converted that into reasons why it's okay for you to hurt somebody else. It's okay for you to come home from work and make someone else pay for the fact that you've had a bad day. Your illness is not the result of your bad childhood, but how your bad childhood has converted into you passing it on to make someone else's childhood miserable. I don't care how many people you identify as having made your life miserable. I don't care if you identify 40 of them. They are not here, and their, their bad behavior has nothing to do with your illness. It's your bad behavior that's the result of your illness. You've got the spotlight on the wrong person. So you can go ahead and go on your search and destroy mission for 30 years in therapy and go and bring all those people back through your conversation. Oops. Right. Right. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to talk some more about that. Right after the break, we were talking about how we are the healing agents and we are the ones we need to be looking to. So we're going to be talking about that more right after the break. Stay tuned for more from Caroline Mays.
Radio for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Caroline Mace about her book called Defy Gravity. This show is sponsored by Spirituality and Health Magazine, The Soul Body Connection, one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines, which publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker, both in print and online. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. Before the uh, break, we were talking about um, how we tend to look to other people as the cause of our illnesses and that that's not really helping us heal. And one of the things I noted that you, um, that you said in the book that is that we need to surrender our reason, our, the need to know why things are happening as part of the healing process. Well, you know, I mean, within, within, I mean, obviously a person needs to take a look at what they're doing and how they're living and course correct that. So you do have to look at certain, quote, reasons. What am I doing wrong? 
that needs to be course corrected. You know, uh, if, if you're diabetic, you have to look at your sugar content. Uh, you have to, if you have to look at the fact that you, you don't exercise and your body needs to move. And, and so, you know, there's a little common sense here. Right. But now we have to get into the realm where it's not common sense, where it's just foolishness. And that's where people forego all of that and simply turn to this idea of cosmic forensics and thinking that if I can crack the cosmic code here, I don't have to do anything else. I can just do all of this with my mind, this little cosmic detective work, and that will make all things right with the universe. And then I don't have to move my body. I don't have to exercise. I don't have to lose weight. I don't have to do anything else on the physical. I just have to learn whatever lesson I have to learn. And everything will be right with the world. Because once I learn the lesson, here again, the underlying mythology is that I'll be a, uh, God will reward me and put everything right with the universe because our mythology about this off-planet being that we've created, this off-planet God, is that this is the grand judge teacher that lives somewhere out there that um, gives us lessons, just like a teacher in school, and operates just like a, on a democracy and operates by a democratic system mixed with a little moral code. So if we're all good, nothing bad happens to us. So when something bad does happen to us, as if we know what, what's really good or bad for us, we sit back and try and reason our way through. Now let me see, why did this happen to me? There must be a reason. So there's our operative word. Reason, which means we think that this being called God reasons like we do. We believe that this being has, sits around and reasons. So we look for a very, very basic, ordinary reason, the way we reason, which is through the lens, through the, through the paradigm of pain, pleasure, good, bad, right, and wrong. And with those sim- that simple compass, that very simplistic third-grade compass, we try to discern everything, everything that's happened to us, which includes a mixture of everybody else, while simultaneously dealing with the cosmic laws and involving the cosmic laws of karma, which include millions thousands of lifetimes of all these other people that we then mix into this. So we have our temporary good and bad, pain and pleasure, right and wrong, which we base on what we've done today because we can't possibly hold everything in our our view given our, our simplistic way of seeing things and the way we erase all the all the negative things we've done conveniently. But then we take the cosmic law of karma, mix that in, and we decide, if I could figure out the one lesson here, then everything will be made right, and I'll just go my happy way. Now, does that help you out as to why it's so preposterous? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And, and in that process, 
we're not even developing any kind of, uh, using the term morals usually uh, loosely, but we're not developing morally. I mean, Kohlberg wrote about how we develop morally into people who are much more aware of ourselves than we are of whether or not we're going to get punishment. But that whole paradigm you've just talked about is all about punishment. Now, all of this is devoid of any description or any discussion whatsoever of some other basic fundamentals like virtue, like honesty, like the investigation and reflection of where does honesty fit into the healing process? I've never been in a workshop where people have had a round circle discussion about being addicted to lying, about being addicted to dishonesty, about not being able to tell the truth and how that affects their health, about being compulsive about exaggerating and about participating in negative gossip, about being betrayers, about the fact that someone tells them, will you keep a secret for me and they can't do it, about the impact of that kind of negativity, about the fact that maybe they're not honest with money and that's compulsive with them. Or maybe they steal little things. I look around and I've, I've had things stolen in my workshops because people tell me about it. Now, I look at that and think, do people really think that visualizing and looking at what others have done to them, and then we look at something like going about, I think I'll eat bird seed and become a vegetarian, but not examine whether or not I'm honest, whether or not I am a truthful person. Do you see anything wrong with this picture? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Do you see anything wrong with the fact that our books on health don't investigate this? Don't investigate these fundamental, the absence of virtue, integrity, honor, honesty. We don't even go near that. Conscience. We've just shot right up to the penthouse, which is becoming conscious. We don't even like these words. We don't even like to go down here and discuss the shadow side of what the shadow side of the human being. Yeah, because we think that I uh, think of that as negative, and if we're thinking negative thoughts, we're going to draw negative things from. The no, 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 no. We don't like to admit it. Well, yeah. We don't like to own this part of ourselves. That's true. No, no. Let's get down to basics. We don't like to own it. That's true. Let's just start there. We don't have to go any further than that. Nobody's going to sit in a liar's circle. Nobody's going to sit in a circle and say, I can't keep my word. But the fact is, this is why their relationships don't work. This is why when someone gets into a relationship, they say, "I, I finally can be myself. What does that mean? What does that mean, be yourself? Well, I finally can tell people what I'm really like. I can, t- I can be myself with this person. Well, what, what have you been with everybody else if you haven't been yourself? What are you saying? What have you been telling them about yourself? So are you saying to me you've been dishonest? What are you telling? Well, I, I just haven't. You haven't what? You haven't what? If you haven't been yourself, who have you been? What are you saying? It means that you have been dishonest. That's what you're saying to me. 
Okay, so it means what you're telling me is you live a fundamentally dishonest life. Now, if you live a fundamentally dishonest life, your heart and your head don't know each other, which means every decision you make is fundamentally incongruent. And if that's the case, how can an incongruent person possibly heal? This is why I wrote Defy Gravity, because what I deal with here is this level of the human being. This is the level at which healing takes place. Unless a person is willing to go this deep toward into their incongruent self, into this level of themselves, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. But it's at this level that they discover why they're so afraid to empower another person. Why the power of another person makes them so greedy for attention. Why they can't bear to see someone else be successful. Why they can't bear to see someone else get attention. Because they think there's not enough for them. It's not until you get to this level of yourself that you understand why your suffering has so much to do with you feeling there's not enough for you. You have to get to this level of your darkness before you discover that there is enough for you. And that's when you discover your grace. That's when you discover the graces that you have in you and how much you have to give. And that by unleashing that part of you, that's where divine paradox comes in. You discover the laws that have always been taught by all great spiritual teachers. That it's by giving so much that so much comes back to you. Not by visualizing and that nonsense garbage that's taught. The mind cannot do any of this because they're mystical laws. They're laws of the soul. And it's not until you get into the darkness of how you've twisted your soul and you straighten that out that you get into the graces and you realize, oh my God, it's really true. It's by giving and, and, and challenging first that darkness in me and trusting that if I do give and learn to love at this level, if I finally realize that every choice I make is either a choice to give grace or withhold it, and that's it. Either everything I do makes me bitter or it makes me better. And with everything I do, every exchange with everyone in life, I either make them bitter or I make them better. And that's it. No matter what you're doing, no matter how you're interacting, no matter what you say, no matter who you sit down with, you will leave them either bitter or better. That's it. That is it. And you cannot blame your parents. You cannot blame because you're the only one sitting in your body and the only one sitting in that chair. And every attitude, every look you give them, every tone of voice you choose, you are pulling from that, oops, pulling from that either that shadow or that grace, right? Yep, that's it. You're pulling from that reservoir of shadow or grace. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more about this uh, idea of defying gravity by looking inside yourself. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 
Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Caroline Mace about uh, defying gravity. And we've been talking about the fact that so many times we think that we can heal through the power of visualization and positive thinking and that kind of thing. But what you said is that it's not the mind. It's really trying to get down to the deepest levels of what we have been and untwisting the soul sort of. And then we get in touch with the graces. Can you help us understand what you mean by the word grace? Well, you know, everyone asks that. And and first of all, I don't know whether it's the um, I don't know, Catholic in me that finds it baffling that people don't understand grace. But um, it, grace is a mystical force. It's a mystical force. It's it's not an occult power. It's a mystical force. It's, it always leaves, it always sweeps in like a silent wind that leaves a situation or a person more transformed than a moment before. And that's its signature. That is its signature. So if you have a grace like the grace of fortitude, which is one of the most exquisite graces, people will often ask, you know, I taught sacred contracts, and I teach sacred contracts, and I love that subject. I love it, love it, love it, because, first of all, I believe fully that we don't fall from trees. We, we, our lives are very carefully assigned, not in the, the way the ego would like to, to recognize assignments, but like occupations for vanity's sake, but our lives are an assigned path of potential illumination. And that is a very involved path of 
the discovery of what is valuable and what is not. And that's what the path is, is an, op- is an opportunity to completely discover what is of value and what is not. And that is the, 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 our relationship with truth. And life is a journey of, of forging a relationship with truth. And every one of us has a path that is laden with an opportunity to dance with truth and illusion. And um, we have certain agreements and certain things on that path that are built on that path just because the path is a a given uh, because of when we're born and, and who we will meet on that path. And um, there are options and there are necessities, and that is what is so, and that makes up the fabric of life. It's a, a planets have their orbit by necessity, and yet what is created as those energies come is our options by choice. So given that type of uh, mystical law, options and necessities, um, the grace, fortitude is the highest potential. Um, the grace holds the highest potential, the courage to engage the highest potential of any given minute, of any given situation, of any given conversation, of any given situation that you are in. There's no such thing again as one highest potential of one thing. Every single place you are situated, every person you're with, is a opportunity for a highest potential. You're talking to someone, and and you have an opportunity to be at a highest potential of your wisdom or of your kindness. And it may take all the fortitude, courage in you, more than you can have. But in, in that moment, if you are still... If you're really still in your stillness, if you know what inner silence truly is, you will know and you will feel that you're being guided to say or not to say something. You'll know that. You will know that if you are ready to launch an attack at someone because you're jealous or you're angry, you will know and you will sense that you are guided to something will say to you, you don't really want to say that. Are you sure you want to say that? You'll get that right before you say it. And if your ego is vicious enough or competitive enough or filled with hubris, you won't be able to stop yourself or you won't want to stop yourself because you want to taste that blood. It'll be worth more for you to knock that person to shreds in just that moment. But what you'll, the price you'll pay for that is that right after that, you'll feel such shame. You won't really feel good. You might feel good in the moment. But you won't feel good after that, after that, because the devil has no friends. Right after that, the pleasure is so short-lived, like a snort of cocaine, that you will be left with a, a pit in your, your stomach. In order to get, get through that wall of hubris that says, go ahead, say it, say it, just so that you can win your mind is not strong enough to beat that. 
you have to actually engage prayer. You have to actually say, I need the grace of fortitude. Get me through this because I want to jump and strangle this person. And my pride is so strong. It wants to win right now more than anything else in the world. I want the last word in. I want to get the last word in. I just want to beat this person to a pulp because I feel like he's going to humiliate me. But you know that when it's over and you've humiliated this person, and that person leaves the room, and you've gutted them. You are going to feel like, sh- like shameful, and it won't feel like the pleasure you think you've just, that you've just won and the victory you think you've won. In fact, you're the one that's going to feel gutted because what you've done to the least of a person, you've done to yourself. And, so and it's and the, the hubris to the shame then, right? And the, right, and it's the grace of fortitude that gets you past your darkest potential, your own darkest potential that helps you hold your, your, the worst of yourself in check, the, the, the part of you that you yourself in your mind can't stop and you, you, you hold yourself back and you say, give me that grace and give it to me now. And I mean now, if you don't choke me on grace right now, I don't know what you're going to do, but I said, I'm praying for that grace and if you don't drown me in it right now and it's greater than yourself. And in that instant... In that instant, somehow or other, you hold back. And it's like something pours cold blue water on a very hot red fire in you. And it takes a microsecond, and all of a sudden, there's a calmness in you. And that burning desire to win at all costs is absent. It's absent. It's gone. And you look at the other person. And it's okay. And you think, I'm, you know what? I'm going to walk outside. I, can't, I'm just, I need some air. I need some air. And you take a deep breath. And it doesn't mean you're not shaken to the bone. But there's something in you that loves yourself for a second. That feels like, I have just made one of the smartest choices of my life. I don't know how I did it. But thank God, thank you, God, for my soul. You saved my soul tonight. You saved my soul. That's grace. That is beautiful. That's such a real down-to-earth example of how we can really access that mystical force. But it's also how that force accesses you. But that's what you have to understand about grace, Andrea. It's a two-way street. It accesses you. Grace pursues you. It's not just you pursuing it. It pursues you. Yeah, and I what, think we uh, some often think of the soul, the grace of soul, as being sort of this um, apathetic kind of thing that's really not invested much in us. Oh, no, 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 no. This is where pre- people are so silly. They're so silly. Mm-hmm. They have to wake up. When they say they're on a spiritual pursuit... This is so silly. The spirit has always, the soul has always, God has always pursued you. And all you do is wake up. What do you think? You're on this planet. How do you think you got here, you silly goose? (laughs) Exactly. You silly goose. I mean, what, what, and all of a sudden you wake up and you go, oh, I think I'm on a spiritual, you fool. How do you think you got here? How, How do you think you got here? 
you think you, you, you just fell from a tree and all of a sudden you, you've decided to recognize that you were born and you, that there's a universe floating around you that is in perfect mechanical order and 200 billion galaxies and suddenly you decide to recognize that there's a force governing the whole of creation and suddenly you've decided to recognize it. Well, Wow is what I have to say to someone like that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, I mean, that's the hubris. That's cosmic hubris to me. Yeah. But so what? The person finally wakes up. And, but grace pursues everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And There's nobody who lives outside of it. And in your book, I noted that you, because of the seven passions, it seemed to me, maybe I misunderstood this, but it seemed to me as I was reading that it was because of the seven passions that we can, and recognizing them and working with them, that we we access the grace and grace access as us. It's, right. You can't have one without the other. We have to look no. at the shadow. Yeah, no, no, you can't. The sun can't go without the moon. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't possibly, possibly, possibly um, exist without examining. I mean, you can't possibly imagine that you, that you are somebody who lacks greed, can you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, snap out of it. Yeah, when you work, when you really are walking and and talking with yourself, you have to access this shadow part. I mean, I mean, how can you possibly think that an illness in you, when you really look at the seven shadows, shadow passions, when you really come down to it, these are the causes of why you suffer. Greed, humiliation, and pride, and how your fear of being humiliated has controlled you. And then you blame others for it, and you burn with rage over it. You burn with rage. And then you burn with rage over how that fear of being humiliated has caused you to limit the choices you feel you were born to make. And how in order to get to live with yourself, because of the choices you are now limiting yourself making, choices you feel continually compelled, guided to make, guided, you have to find someone to blame. So you go back to your childhood, must be their fault. Must be their fault. Never acknowledging that this is how God guides you. You are stifling your, 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 the reason you were born. You're stifling your soul coming through, but you lack the courage. You lack the fortitude. If you let the fortitude out, if you said, God, give me the fortitude. Come on, I can do this. I can do this. You wouldn't have put me on this earth right now. You were, you're telling me what I was born to do. This is my charism. This is my unique grace. I must deliver the goods. This is why I was born. But in order to live with the fact that you're sabotaging your own life because of a fear of being humiliated, what if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? You have to find someone to blame, and therefore you find someone to punish. So now you become a vessel of punishing others, and you fall into depression because you're not living while you were born, and this is the source of depression. This is it, right here. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Well, I have to drug myself because I can't bear to look at what I'm doing. Now we're talking. 
Because not living where you were born is not living in your own soul. It's not utilizing. You're in your soul, honey. You're in there. All right. Not you. But you're not. You're not releasing it. You're not. You're not. You're. You're living a life of self betrayal. Right. And what could be more painful? And you have to blame others for it because you can't face yourself. It's got to be someone else's fault. And then you go into entitlement. I was entitled to someone. Someone should have taken care of me. Because if someone took care of me differently, I would not be such a betraying person. I would not be betraying myself. Someone was supposed to make me courageous. Someone should have loved me more. Someone should have, well, there should have been someone. must be your fault. must be their fault. I was entitled to something else. I was entitled to a better mommy and daddy. I was entitled to more of this and less of that. I should have had a lot more love when I was growing up, a lot less pain. And then I would have been courageous, and then I wouldn't have been afraid of being humiliated. And then I would have tried harder. Yep. It's all about that. Yep, it sure is. And you just have to understand that. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> oh, I understand a lot, honey. I understand exactly what you're pulling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so many times uh, as I'm doing therapy, I have people say to me, well, you know, we'll be talking about the next courageous step in the process, and they'll say, yeah, but that's hard, as if that's the Right, it's it so hard. <laughs> oh, no. Now, if it were easy, I'd be doing it. No, you wouldn't. Right. Even if it were easy, you'd find a reason not to. I don't, I, I, it's like, it's hard in my, in my, my point, in my, and I look at them and say, and your point is what? <laughs> right, I don't want to have to do it, that's it. Yeah, I just don't want to do it. Right. And All then right. you get well, to say you're lazy. Yep. Well, we'll be back in just a minute for our final segment with Caroline Mace. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. 
You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, it's sad but true, but we're here with our final segment with Caroline Mace. We could talk, or I could talk with her for, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> but uh, we can't do that today, but I do want you to know how you can uh, learn more about her and her work. So, Caroline, fill us in on how to uh, access your website and any events you got coming up, anything like that. Well, you are a doll. My website is uh, mace.com, M-Y-S-S.com, and there, my workshops are on there. And uh, the upcoming workshops I have, and I'm, I'm teaching sacred contracts again next year, which, uh, you know, I'm pleased to say because I did not teach it for a year. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful course on archetypes and how to see your life symbolically and how to... You know, get in touch with your path of illumination, and I think more now than ever, it's of value as people's as the as our life is changing in this axial shift that we're going through. Um, it, 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 there's a profound change. I think everyone can see that the way we have been living is evaporating, and the we're ending the fossil age, we're going into the solar age, and how we need to define ourselves, how we're, the difference of how we need to see our lives, uh, create our lives, has to be done from a very different place. And so this is a class involved in identifying your archetypal patterns, and I, I draw from my background in mysticism, which is very classical. It's not like mystical from the occult, but rather from the classical training in my graduate work in theology. And I teach the mystical laws, and these, I think, are essential to, 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 know, to know and involve yourself in that world. So... And on my workshop, on my website, are also a number of workshops that are free. And I put them on because I realize so many people cannot travel. So I make those available. And of course, I have a monthly salon newsletter and Facebook. That's always fun. Uh, so there's just a lot. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a treasure chest. I also want to, to say that on June, July 27th, I'm doing my benefit for a soup kitchen that I do the Trenton Soup Kitchen. And this is on July 23rd, I'm sorry, uh, February, uh, uh, July 23rd, Friday. This is important because taking care of the homeless is a passion for me, as it is for the wonderful, wonderful people 
that manage the soup kitchen, and every single cent goes for food, not for anyone's salary, not for electricity, but for medicine and for food. And what I'm asking people to do is if, is either if they're in the area, which is the College of New Jersey, to join me at that benefit, and if they can't, if they could send in even $5. So far, from these donations, for $5, $10 donations, we've collected $10,000, and I am amazed at that. So I'm going to um, offer uh, an address, if I may, for that, and that would be a check to the Trenton Soup Kitchen, and the address is 118... Rolling Hill Road, Skillman, S-K-I-L-L-M-A-N, New Jersey, 08558. And I really, um, I know in, in these days so many people are going through difficult times, but homelessness has grown 30% in the United States. And I think I am drawn to this because... It breaks my heart to see what's happening to America and to Americans. And um, we, can't, we can't let each other down. We simply cannot let each other down. We must care for each other. Yep. Well said. Well said. So, yes, please do go on Caroline's website, and that is www.carolinemice.com. Yes. No, just Mace. www.mace, just my last name, dot com. Mace.com, okay. Mm-hmm. M-Y-S-S, mace.com, okay. All right. Well, I want to close up with just a, a, a little bit uh, more about this whole idea of grace. One of the things you said, and we're, we're going to make this brief, but one of the things you said in the book was that as if we can look at energy, there's a lot of talk about energy right now, and if we can begin to look at energy as grace, that this one shift in perception opens us up to mystical intelligence. Mm-hmm. Say just a little bit about that before. We... Well, I, I don't ever think of energy anymore. I think uh, one of the things the mystics, mystics are people who are madly in love with God, and they held that energy was grace. Energy is a word that has no sacredness to it, but grace sees God everywhere. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, Caroline, for being on the Thank show. you. You've offered so much. I appreciate it. And next week, we're going to be talking to another medical intuitive, Caroline Sutherland, about what the body knows. So tune in for another depth discussion about your body-mind connection. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.